0: conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: joining us now on the schneider orange hotline brewers pitching coach uh, our good friend chris hook joining us now chris how you been good bill how you doing we're doing extremely well hey congratulations man your guy devin williams winning rookie of the year that had to be a nice feather in your cap
2: yeah, it was it was good news to hear that. I know uh, speaking with Devin over the past couple of days, he wasn't sure how it would go, but uh, we're we're really happy as an organization. It's an organizational award. This guy came up through our organization, and you know we developed him, we stuck with him, and and of course Devin has put a lot of hard work in as well. But we're just we're just over the moon uh, with the, with the choice. So how
1: weird of a year? Just take us inside the clubhouse. How weird of a year was this for you guys?
2: It was really weird. I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, I, I think yesterday someone mentioned about, you know, the beginning of spring training. Now you think about it, we build up for spring training. We've, we've got our guys acclimated and ready, and we're halfway through. and Then we stop, and we don't know when we're going to start again. I mean, I think it was just more of a mental grind uh, as far as just prepping yourself for whatever the season was going to be. We didn't know how many days. We didn't know how to get ready. And we did our best to kind of get our guys ready to go. and obviously it went, went fairly well for us. but uh, that was bore the challenge. And then going through the everyday hassle or, or safety precautions, which our guys our, our medical staff did an incredible job with, just like the testing every day, They' taking you to the temperature prior to getting to the park, getting, getting uh, temperature checked again. It was just there were a lot a lot of hoops to go through on an everyday basis before we even got on the field. So that was a challenge. Uh, It was a mental grind more than anything. But, uh, again, our guys, uh, our medical staff did a tremendous job of keeping us healthy throughout the year.
1: It was so weird when you go back to the beginning, and I was out at spring training, and you go from that, the announcement of of Christian Yelich's contract. We were all there for that, that weekend. And then right after that is when word came out that we're shutting things down, the NBA shut down. And it was so strange because I remember trying to get out of Phoenix and I couldn't get a flight out. Flights started to cancel because of this. And then as we right. went back to the clubhouse, nobody could come in. They couldn't talk to us. You couldn't. You didn't want to approach anybody in a parking lot. We were waving it. It was such a really weird, surreal time, like you said. And then you it, and everything's up in the air. You just didn't know. It was mentally hard. Right. I think more so than physically hard.
2: Yeah, it was. That was the kind of a weird night. I remember being in uh, over in Glendale for the Dodgers game, and Freddie just <clears throat> threw, uh I believe, four shutout innings and performed really well against the Dodgers and we were really excited. And then the news kind of started leaking out about the NBA canceling, and it was the next day I think we had a team meeting, and we talked about, hey, th- these are the things that are going on, and then we had another one, and then by that time we were gone. <laughs> it right. just happened so fast. And, again, I think that's really tough because you're starting – we were really close here. We had you know we're ten to uh, ten ten days to two weeks out from the start of the season, and it's like you're trying to get there, and then all of a sudden this happens. Or like I mean, everything was up in the air. So again, it was a challenge, and I, I think that our guys, as a group, uh, you know, as a team, and as a pitching staff, I think we did an extremely good job with it, and, and everyone stayed positive through the whole experience. And I think we're going to grow from it, and I'm sure we'll have some sort of these protocols as we go forward, and we'll be ready for it. and and it won't be
1: that big of a deal. Talking with uh, pitching, Brewers pitching coach Chris Hook joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Uh, obviously, a year in which you saw most likely the end of uh, a career in Ryan Braun. Uh, obviously, guys, you know, the full team won't be back together again. Even some of the coaching staff and some of the support staff, guy like Marcus Hannell, not back together again. Guys don't get a chance to say goodbye to fans and things like that. That, that had to be somewhat tough, too.
2: Yeah, it changes is always tough. And, and, and like you said, I, I, you know, the Ryan Braun thing, of course Marcus is being as involved as he is with the community. I mean, just to be able to have those goodby- goodbyes and having those clear-cut moments, it's, it's helpful. Uh, but I, I think, you know, those guys are so entrenched with the community. They know how much that the, the player and the staff care about the fans, but I think they'll, f- they'll feel that love coming from the fans one way or the other. But, yeah, there's always – Always changes, and they're always hard uh, no matter what happens. But uh, those guys have been such an integral part of the organization for so long and and have put so much time and effort and and still a lot of love in this organization. So we're so blessed to have had them. When you talk
1: about coaching staff changes, is that a how big of a deal is that? Because I know everybody talks about hitting and pitching, and you know every time a guy gets thrown out of the plate, they want to get see the third base coach run out of town. But really, there how much of a of a because like a defensive coach has to be good with his coordinators and then with his assistants, whereas opposed to baseball. You've got your, your subsidiaries that you have to deal with, but how much do you guys have to collaborate together for, say, game plans or for things to specifically work on?
2: Wow, that's a lot of collaboration. From, from uh, I mean, we start talking about spring training come into December, January. So it starts from that, getting our guys prepped and ready, and then it continues throughout the year. So there's always a collaboration. You know, if you're talking with the, the base running coach, hey, how are we going to hold these guys on? He helps me with our guys. I mean, it kind of kind of just kind of intertwines with everyone. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of communication throughout the year. We're together. (laughs) I mean, a lot. So this has to be this has to be a team within a team. And part of that is the culture that we create within our own coaching staff. So it is really important. And obviously, whenever you get somebody new and you plug them in there, you hope that they fit well. And I think that's part of You know, when David and and Counts and Matt start choosing those people, it's important that they plug into our system and our group very well.
1: Now you talked about bringing guys up through your system and kind of a culture. One of the things that I thought was most impressive, and I go back years ago when the Cubs went to the World Series and they brought in all their scouts and all their, all their, their coaches and their entire minor league system. And they wanted to make sure that there was one message throughout the entire organization. And I know the Brewers were kind of doing that with David Stearns. Has that, has that now matriculated down to the minor league system where there is one message, one mission statement basically as the Milwaukee Brewers move forward?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's been uh, – I think that has been trending that way since Counts took took the helm. And I think there's just like any time that our guys come up to the – I mean, and I think that's a message that's, that's been uh, talked about in spring training every year. David says, hey, we're going to need 50 – we're going to have to have 50 guys contribute to our club every year. And I think it's shown. I mean, think about all the younger guys that come through our system that are ready to perform. And I think that's a big part of that is just being comfortable. Our guys have to know that, man, we want them to do well. We have to give them a platform to do well, and we've got to put those pieces in place so when they have this onboarding effect that they feel good about, hey, man, I belong here. I know what I need to do. I know my game plan concepts. Uh, I I feel really good about being here and performing well, and I think that's what you're seeing uh, in general as our young guys come up. They're very comfortable with our group. There's not – you know, I think back in the days of me and Carse coming up in the mid-90s, it was just different to kind of have you earn your, earn your keep. Uh, hey, kids, stay down there. With us, so I think there's more of an integration of, hey, you belong here, we need you, and it's important as you contribute to our, uh, to our club throughout the year. So I think that's something that David brought in, and obviously council's really hammered home. Uh, and and we, we're already starting to do that for next year.
1: Time with Brewers pitching coach Chris Hook. With the reduction in the size of the minor leagues, what does that do to baseball's depth and pull in general, do you think?
2: Well, it's so hard. I mean, number one, you can't evaluate. Uh, I mean, our guys were at the uh, alternate site, and obviously there's a lot of growth there in a lot of ways, but you know, we don't know the talent they went up against. So you know, some of those triple-A pitchers were pitching against A-ball guys. Some of, some of the A-ball guys are facing uh, big league guys that have had triple-A experience. So I think the evaluation part of that is, is really, really tough uh, because he had such a wide base at the alternate side. But, I mean, you know, those guys are not getting the reps. I mean, a I mean, minor league season is a grind as well. And to kind of see what, at the end, the development of that player over a course of 140 games is really, really important. Uh, so not to get some of that or lose some of that development time is going to be intriguing as we go down the road here.
1: So as you move forward and you try to evaluate talent, take a guy like the emergence of a guy like Corbin Burns. You bring these guys through the system. You watch them grow. At what point do you realize a guy gets it, that it just all starts to click? Can you see it as a coach that they're just an arm angle away or they're just a, a quicker snap on the wrist away from really getting to that next level?
2: I think you get a sense of that. And as, you know, for me, you know, I spent 12 years at the minor league level and obviously played myself, but you start getting in a sense that this guy's really close to being the big league level. You know, uh, I bring up a guy like Brett Suter and I'm watching him. I'm like, gosh, you know, at the double A level, he's not giving up any hard contact, but here's a guy that's kind of not a typical big league guy. I always feel like you need to kind of go through a level to see if it works. Guy like Corbin, yeah, man, he's missing a lot of bats. I still like to see it at the next level. So you still you have a sense of that they're ready, uh, but you still like them to go through the levels just to kind of confirm your eyes uh, and obviously get to the big league level, which is the final step, and see how that kind of uh, equals out up there as well. So yeah, I think the minor leagues really help you, and you have a sense as a coach. and, and the more the more reps you've seen, uh, it becomes a little easier. But the minor leagues do have a, an important part of their developmental process.
1: Hey, before I let you go, now moving forward, you said you guys right around the end of December, going into January, you're going to start to get together. Do you have a sense as to what this upcoming season is going to look like? I mean, there's a lot going on before you even get to that point, I understand that. But do you, do you get a sense as to what this season is even going to look like?
2: You know, I, I think that we're going at it that it's going to be normal for right now and see how we, as we progress towards that point. That, that starting point will have a better idea. But for right now, we're going at it as normal. We're going to start February 14th and kind of see where we're at. Uh, we, we do know that those things might change. But I think you have to be prepared for that, that date, just like when we went back from uh, when we met at the alternate site. you know, It's like, okay, we have to have a date, but we're not sure what the date is. I think we have to look to February 14th as our starting date and getting ready for a full season.
1: Uh, I did want to ask you real quick. Corey Canable came back from injury, came back from surgery, worked himself back into shape. Struggled somewhat, obviously. Talk about Corey real quick, because I think there was way too much much public expectation as that he was just going to come back in and be the back end of the bullpen guy, and things were going to fall into place. And how tough that is to come back from that type of an injury.
2: Yeah, what an unfair year for Corey. I mean, this. I think that you know, as good as Corey is and what he has shown. Our fans in baseball, that I mean, this guy's an elite closer, and then to, you know, go through a rehab process and not get a full rehab, like, uh, schedule per se against live competition and have to do that live against big league hitters, that's unfair. But it's just kind of how we had to do it last year. I thought you could, you started to see some of the real Corey as he started getting to the end of the year. Uh, Things are starting to come together, but it's just unfair. I mean, I, I feel like. We go back and look at Adrian Hauser, you go back to look at Devin Williams in their period of rehab. You see those those the ebbs and flows, the downs, the ups, and it just the season itself is always going to be inconsistent. Unfortunately, Corey had to do it at the big league level. I thought he performed really, really well for uh, to being in that state. And there's probably really good things happening for Corey here in the next year.
1: Great stuff. Uh, Chris, appreciate your time. Congratulations to uh, to Devin for getting the uh, getting the award, and we look forward to talking to you guys down the road, okay?
2: All right, Bill. Have a great offseason.
1: You too, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is uh, Chris Hook. Chris Hook joining us, uh, the uh, pitching coach for the Milwaukee Brewers, and giving us a little bit of insight as to what it was like this season and what it was like for not only Devin Williams and the emergence there, but some of the other guys, Corey Knebel. obviously the pitching staff uh, changes, Marcus Hannell. Uh, the bullpen catch, long time bullpen catcher, no longer with the team, and just uh, just how tough it is to you know kind of get past all of that uh, once you know the changes are made, and just interesting, interesting stuff. So uh, thanks to Chris Hook for joining us. For I've been wanting to get those guys on for a while, and glad he finally made it and made it on the program.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai.